Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Shopify presents cool sheets from aha to lying awake while you bake isn't cool. I suffered from the wrong kind of hot in bed, heat-induced insomnia. That was my aha moment, bedsheets that keep you cool. Then I thought, how do I even sell bedsheets? That's when I had the idea that made it all possible, signing up on Shopify. With the help of Shopify's intuitive online store creator, I started selling sustainable bamboo sheets that keep cool year-round. And my cool idea became a reality. Hot sleepers around the world rejoice. Shopify makes it simple to keep your cool while starting and growing your business. Start selling with Shopify today and join the commerce platform powering millions of businesses worldwide. From aha to anything is possible. This is Possibility, powered by Shopify. Start selling online today. Sign up for a free trial at shopify.com slash free 22. Shopify.com slash free 22. What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to Inside the Five. It's Will. It's Groove. Stop. In today's episode, we're going to be talking about the conference finals, the Boston Red Sox, and a little Champions League final. What do we say, boys? Let's do it. Do it from the office. All right. What is going on, everybody? Welcome back to Inside the Five. We've had a lot happen since last week, as you guys know. We are on one episode a week every Friday. Since then, we've had a lot of games between the Western and Eastern Conference Finals. We're going to get things started in the West. We're going to switch it up here because the Warriors are officially NBA Finals bound. Um, they beat the Mavericks. It was a gentleman's sweep, correct? It was. Give them give them one in Dallas. Um, Luka's magic kind of wore off. The Warriors were absolutely electric. Steph Curry won the Magic Johnson Western Conference Finals MVP. Just an absolutely dominating series, in my opinion, Will. Um, just first thoughts, the Warriors back in the finals. Does this remind you of any of those finals teams, or are these Warriors a different beast? Honestly, I really think they're just different. It's a whole different team. It's a whole different style of play. Not completely different style of play, but like it's it's different than when when it was with KD and when it was without KD and it was just Steph Clay and Draymond. Um, this this team is kind of just like they still have that shooting like pizzazz where they can just fire on all cylinders and just absolutely bury a team. And then there's also they also have that ability to really just drive into the paint, which I feel like before in the past, they really never had that. I feel like they killed a lot of teams with just shooting the jumper and taking some good mid-rages and letting Draymond really go to work in the paint in the past years. Now they can kind of do a little bit of everything, which makes them more of a dangerous team. And that's why they pretty much killed the Mavericks. Yeah, and, and I feel like a big reason for that, I'm glad that you brought up the fact that this isn't a team that's just out here shooting threes, right? 
like mm-hmm. we've seen in the past with Steph, with Clay, with Harrison Barnes, even before the KD era. Yeah. Jordan Poole is a big part of that. Well, he he is one of my favorite, um, one of my favorite basketball players to watch when he's driving through the lane. The way that he just like he's so like lanky and scrawny, but like the way that he drives to the lane and finds his way to the bucket and kind of contorts his body just to get to the bucket is insane. He's one of the like the better slashers in the league and he's not a dunker by any means. He just mm-hmm. gets to the rim and he lays it up. Like he's honestly awesome to watch around the rim. We've seen Steph shoot more jumpers than threes. Um I, I want to say I don't remember what game it was this series. I want to say it was game two in Golden State. But I could be completely wrong. It was one of the games of the series. In the third quarter, um, the Warriors really came alive. And, the, and the, it was the game that they had to come back. They didn't do it by shooting threes. I think they shot like four or five threes in the third quarter. And they came back from like a 14-point deficit. And it was just straight up by getting to the rim, by shooting easy mid-ranges, by just like getting open, all of that. Like this is a team that like – they get it done at all three levels. They play amazing defense, and Jordan Poole is a good sh- I was just player gonna, as well. Yeah, I was just going to say they, they've been playing really, really good defense. And I know, like, we've been talking about, like, matchups and stuff like that. Like, like me and Stav obviously said the Mavericks were going to make it to the finals. That was our prediction. But, like, the Warriors honestly make sense, and obviously it, it is what it is right now. That, that was yours. And – if you take a look at the way they play defense, it's kind of just like they just guard up. Like, I don't, like there's no other way to just like say it. Like, not a lot of teams in the NBA kind of play like guard up. That's kind of reminds me of more like an AAU style defense where you literally just have to like be on your own man, lock it in, and then like just get a stop on your own. Like everyone else is going to be aware of what you're doing. They're going to be ready to make a play, but you just have to be ready to guard up, which it can be good and can be bad because it really relies a lot on Draymond Green being the anchor, which he can be. He's a former defensive player of the year. It's just that he's really their only defender that can go from the three-point line to the basket and get you a play when you need it. And that won't work all the time, but the Mavericks didn't have many weapons. Well, they, they were good, but they don't have many weapons besides Luka to really just destroy them like on the defensive side of the ball. And they really haven't played anyone that can really do that yet. And that's exactly what I've been saying throughout this whole series, or not even throughout this whole series, throughout the whole playoffs, Will. Because remember when they played the Jazz in the first round, and I was like, honestly, I think that Dallas is going to lose in the next round, which obviously they did not. But they don't have anybody other than Luka. And you can say Jalen Brunson is good. Um, And and who was the other guy that was kind of having a pretty good um, postseason? It was Brunson, and and they had another guard that was doing pretty good. They did. I forgot his name, but like, we're, I'm not even saying that they're like bad either. Like, they're good players. They're not it's just, bad. They're they just, just like, they're just not like there yet. I mean, that like, Luka they, 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 they can only do team. so much. Luka exactly. can have a perfect game. This is the way that I see it. Your team cannot be in the NBA Finals if your best player has a perfect game and you still lose. Like, and yeah. Luca has done that many times throughout this postseason in games that they've lost. It's like, and in the Luka regular has, season, too. Yeah, Luca has an amazing game, but the rest of their starters combined for like six or seven points, even. Like, they, like, they really don't have, they have a lot of depth from players that, like, they have bench players, right? Like, good bench players, but their good bench players are also like starters. I, I don't know how to explain it. Like, their starters would be great bench players. 
Yeah, no, they have like good, like they have good rotational guys, guys that will come in, get you what you need. But they, they, they really, really, really need their second guy. Like they need a second guy on that team. And like we were talking about that earlier, and we were like Donovan Mitchell would be a good fit on that team. And when we said that, like early, early on in the playoffs, and we were just, it just like they need another guy on that team besides Luca because nights because what did they lose by ten last night? Was it? It was one twenty. Yeah, one twenty to one ten. I'm pretty sure they've lost by worse this series, and they just look very helpless. They, yeah. I mean, one twelve I mean, to eighty seven. One twelve to eighty seven was really bad. At that point, that was that was game one. And looking at that game, we pretty much knew the series was over if they were if that's all they were going to give. And their highest scoring night was the next night at 117. They still lost because the Warriors scored 126. So you, we knew that, like, after game two, we most likely had a feeling they were going to win because they scored 117. Luka went off, and that was it. You know what? I'm glad that you brought back up game two because that is the game I was talking about. The whole game, um, th- this wraps around both of my points. I was talking about the fact that the Warriors don't shoot uh, – um, as many threes as people would think. The Warriors mm-hmm. took 28 threes in the whole game, which you would think is a lot. The Mavericks took 45, right? And the Warriors won by nine points. And, and then to my point where Luka Doncic can play a pretty much perfect game, he had 42 points in this game. He had eight assists and five rebounds. He shot five for 10 from behind the three-point line. And he shot 12 for 23. That's over 50% in a game in 38 minutes, Will. And, and they mm-hmm. still lost this game by nine points. So, like, game two was kind of the perfect example of, of everything that we've brought up for this Mavericks team. And and I think it really um, – this is a great example of the fact that they really need another guy on this team to kind of handle the scoring. Because, like, Luca, like we said, like, he drops 42 points, right? That's half of a team's points almost, like – yeah, average you score around 100 points, and I know it's probably up a little bit, but like when you look at a game throughout the regular and postseason, you're floating around 100, and, and Lucas scores 42 of those, and you still lose this game. Like when when JB dropped 40, I think Jason Tatum had a bad game. We scored like 115, and, and, and it's kind of reminiscent of that, but it's the fact that we just had a bad game. Right, like Luca yeah. put on literally a perfect game, and, and and they still lost. Like that, it just completely the, shows where the Mavericks are. Yeah, the nights that Luca drops forty, you you expect your team to drop more than sixty combined. Like you, you're hoping like a little, exactly. like not like you're hoping for a little over like a hundred and ten out of the team. And then if you lose that game still at 110, then like you're you're still in a good position. You just gotta play better defense. Like I'd exactly. I'd rather score over a hundred points and lose knowing that we can play better defense and win a game the next game and do the same thing than losing a game scoring hundred or less and then getting then losing by like nineteen. And, and I know we're like throwing these things out here, but like they did play the Warriors that are a great team, but at the same time, like the Mavericks are looking to compete for championships at this point. Um, and, and the Warriors are the team to beat, right? We kind of knew it. When Clay came back, he was kind of iffy to start, and Clay in game five had 32 points. And I feel like Clay 
who likes to float around there. I mean, I know you remember the night, Will, where he just magically dropped 60 and only dribbled like two times the whole yeah. game. We're not going to see that clay for this postseason. And I don't think we're going to see this clay, that clay until like maybe halfway through next year. He's just like, he's still coming off an injury. Like it's only been a couple of months and this guy's putting up 32 points in a, in a closeout game at Chase Center. Like clay Thompson. It says a lot about like his career right now. Like if we're going to like just break that down, like that says a lot about who he is as an NBA player. Cause a lot of people were like, Oh, clay will never be the same after those injuries, like being out for so long. And I was just like, actually, I believe this is his fifth or sixth straight finals appearance because of the injuries. Yeah. For, for, um, seasons that he's played, he, Hasn't missed the finals in like I think it was six years. Yeah, like the like the two seasons that he missed, they didn't go to the finals, and then he comes back, and then he's in the finals. He like obviously we already know that he's a key piece for this team every single year. But like him coming back from an injury, dropping thirty points, and like being decently consistent, and having that ability to just go off, take over, and like he can go back on the bench for like a whole quarter, and it doesn't matter because they're just gonna kill the team anyways. In a longer series, saying like six or seven games, you're expecting Clay Thompson to drop at least 30 in two of those games. And, mm-hmm. and when he's not dropping 30, he's dropping a solid 20 to 25, and he's getting a couple of rebounds, and he's still playing some pretty good defense. In my opinion, I'm I'm just going to say this right now. In my opinion, Clay Thompson is the most ideal and the best pure 3 and D player in NBA history. I literally... He's your best two. Like, he's your best two. I don't think there's anybody else that's a true three and D like that, that, like, just really embodies the role and is a superstar from it. When you think of a three and D, you think of a a wing that just, like, like, okay, like, he comes out, he shoots a couple threes, kind of like a Dorian Finney-Smith they call a a three and D. But Klay Thompson is a three and D, but a superstar says a lot about like how good he actually is because the role of a three and D player is literally to just shoot a couple threes a game, play solid defense and, and be like a good um role player for your team. But when Clay Thompson's out there running his little three and D combo, he's doing it at such a high rate that like, it's, I mean, he's amazing. It's because a lot of the three and D guys in the NBA fail to move without the ball, like efficiently. And like Clay Thompson is literally the best player possibly ever to move without the ball efficiently, because literally he like he just didn't dribble and scored what? How many that game? Like sixty, and I think it was in the it was like sixty. Yeah, it was like crazy. Like you don't see that ever. Like you'll never see that again. But like if you look at him and like Steph even does it too. Like when he doesn't have the ball, he moves up the ball like he used to. But now Steph kind of controls the game more than he used to, which he's really good at. But, like, you see Clay just moving around, kind of getting in his spot, and then for some reason, like, he's not going to miss. Like, not for some reason he's not going to miss, but for some reason he finds his way open, gets the ball, shoots it, makes it, and then comes back, plays defense. That's literally what he does. Really, I don't know I said in the garden. I meant to say, in the like, at the Oracle. Like, I yeah. totally just – I knew it was a home game. But it was – I just looked it up. He had 60 points in a game. He only dribbled 11 times, and it was in 2016. He had 11 dribbles, 60 points, and I think he had like 30 something in um in um the third quarter. He had another game where he had 43 yeah. points on four dribbles, also at the Oracle. Like he is like he is insane. Like when it comes to those games where he just 
kind of can't miss a shot. And he's, you're right, Will. He's an ideal guy of moving off ball. And he doesn't need to dribble to create a shot. He'll just move, he'll catch the pass, and he'll shoot it. And, and it'll go in. Like, Clay Thompson is so dangerous on this team. And it's crazy that we keep talking about Clay Thompson because we're hyping him up so much, Will. And they have so many other guys that can do it on this team. And um, as a Celtics fan, I'm glad that we're not going to be playing Gary Payton. I'm obviously sad that he's injured and he's such a good defensive player. If they had Gary Payton, Will, Gary Payton Jr., they would be, I mean, one of the heavier favorites to win it all. And now I think that. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Depending on who they're playing, and we'll talk about this series in a minute. Actually, maybe we should just transition right now. Um, we should. <laughs> moving on to who they're going to be playing out of the East. We got the Celtics and we got the Um, And that series at 3-2, and in my opinion, it's not over. Obviously, because I'm a, I'm a guy that, when it comes to, I mean, any sporting event, I don't think it's over until it's officially over. Like, 3-2, we literally came back from 3-2 last series. The Heat can easily do it, and I'm not predicting that they will, but I'm not throwing it out of the picture. I'm not saying that this series is a wrap because it's truly not. Mm -hmm. And we're recording this on Friday morning, actually. We're releasing this on Friday afternoon. So this will be out before Game 6 even happens at the Garden. Um, so I guess we'll throw out some predictions here. Well, with the series being three to two, game six obviously being at the Garden, game seven going to be in Miami at their new arena. I don't remember what it is. I knew it used to be like American Airlines or something like that, um, but I don't remember where that is uh, or what it is. With it being three two, will what is your official prediction for the end of the series? End of the series. So I like you said before, we like can't rule out the comeback because we literally came back from three two last series. But giving whatever the injury, I feel like the injury report this series has really been the most crucial thing. We played full strength uh, game five, and we saw what we could do there. We played great. We did we did our thing. We won. And then the game before the game before that game four, we we were at. We were, we were at that game. We were 30-piecing them at one point. At that point, I was like, all right. They've, like, kind of almost mentally checked out of this series. I expect to win next game. And then now I expect us to win tonight at home again after what happened in game four. I feel like they just don't have that mentality that they can come back. I feel like they already gave up. Jimmy Butler hasn't played great. When Rob Will is in the game, Bam Adebayo kind of sucks. Um, exactly. I, I think that and then and then Jalen Brown hasn't been great in the first half, but he's been electric in the second half. If he is just electric in the first half or even the whole game, like or even just in the middle quarters, like second and third, if he can come come through those quarters. I mean, whatever it is, he just needs to just come in, do his thing at one point in the game and we'll be fine. If he's there the whole game consistently playing well, th this game is over. Like we just need, we literally we are at the point in the series where one of our players can take over the game and this year and the game will be over. Yeah, and going into Game Six at the Garden again, um, I know our favorite thing. This is a 
time old classic on this podcast, Will. And it's just me and you right now. That's why Stav hasn't talked. Um, we're actually, like I said, recording this on a Friday morning. Stav checked in from the office um, <laughs> during his internship. Uh, his AirPods died. We like he wasn't planning on recording. He had work and all that, but he hopped in while he could for the intro. Um, but looking at our favorite thing on planet Earth, Will especially when it comes to lock of the weeks in the NFL. Which oh, I, can't I know exactly what you're looking at. The I ESPN at matchup bubble predictor has the Boston Celtics at a 72.2% chance that we're going to win this game. And Vegas has our odds set at minus eight and a half. Minus eight that, and a half. That's a lot of points. That is so many points. I'm so nervous for those points. The over-under set at 201. The, the under has hit in the past two games. I actually want to say three games, but I don't remember what it was set at. Um, wait, actually, no. Yeah, the past two games, it, the over hit um, game three. Um, mm-hmm. The under has hit the past two games, so they moved it down to 201. That's kind of a dangerous line to look at as well. I don't know what bets I'll be putting in tonight. I might just be on the socks. Um, but, I mean, looking at this, it, it kind of looks like we're just going to take it tonight, right? It kind of looks it, like it June really, 1st is just going to be the start of the NBA Finals. It, it really does. And, I mean, as I said earlier, the injury report is really a key aspect into this series. I'm pretty sure it's not confirmed that Rob Will and Marcus Smart are both playing. But I'd like to assume so in a closeout game. I'd like to assume they would both be playing. If anything, Rob That's Will would be on a little bit of a minutes restriction than he was the last couple of games. Marcus Smart will most likely be playing. They're only listed as day-to-day. But here, the Heat have five guys as day-to-day. Five and a big lot of guys. Five big guys on day-to-day, and a lot of these guys are, like, really, like, hurt. Like, Kyle Lowry's still dealing with a hamstring. I don't even know what happened to Tyler Hero. I actually don't either. I don't know what happened to him. He just, like, hasn't played the last two games. And, like, I wouldn't expect him to play now. after this groin. Like, this is groin. Yeah. Oh, that's right. This is groin. I probably he's probably not playing. PJ Tucker. When did that probably, happen? Did that happen during Game Four? I think no, he didn't play Game Four. I think Game Three. He didn't play Game Four or Five. Yeah, he hasn't played Game Four or Five. I don't expect him to play tonight. Max Drews did not play the Game Six. I mean, no, Game Five. My bad. And then Gabe Vincent's also day to day. Those are like like their guys. Like this is like the only reason. Like these guys are the reason why this team is good. And then they just have Jimmy Butler running around out there on the floor right now and then like uh duncan robinson's out there like we torched him for two nights yeah and, and i think that max Struess is actually going to be back because i saw in a report yesterday um that he's expected to play but he's still mm-hmm. not 100 percent. but i i think that he's going to be upgraded today because like like we said it's early on a friday while we're looking at this it'll probably be upgraded to probable and then by the time the game time starts it'll probably be upgraded to um uh to fully available but when you look at like this whole injury report like you said well there's five guys on day to day there's no reason to expect that all five of these guys are going to play and and all five of these guys need to play for the miami heat because these are five very important guys like you said it's hero it's larry pj tucker who's been the quote-unquote tatum stopper Max Struess, Gabe Vincent. Gabe Vincent has been a big guy in this series i feel like when i'm watching him he has been looking amazing and i believe he's expected to play game six as well um but looking throughout like this whole series it's been the the winning team has just literally been who is more healthy which which stinks to look at but i i truly believe that 
if injuries weren't a thing, if we were in 2K and, and we turned injuries off, the Celtics win this series easily. Because, like, I feel like the fact that we're dealing with Marcus Smart and Robert Williams being in and out, I think that's more important than every player on that list other than Kyle Lowry. Like, I... And I still kind of believe I, I that still, it's more important. I still think Tyler Hero, like I like I still think he's one of the bigger names on that list that is there as a day to day. Like he has been out the last two games with a groin injury. Like he's gonna like I'm assuming he's gonna try to play tonight because it's a closeout game. But I honestly don't think that he's he's gonna be playing well. And if he does, it's not gonna be great at all. Like that's like probably one of the hardest like you like you have to think about like the groin injury at that level is, like, very, very hard to play with. Like, I don't know how bad it is, but it, it was clearly bad enough to not play two games. Right. It's only and, been, like, three it, days. And, and this is the guy, Tyler Hero. It, he was their leading scorer in the regular season. And yeah. obviously, Jimmy Butler finds, like, a new motor in the postseason, and he's averaging 25 a game, and Bam Adebayo's averaging 15, and now Hero's averaging 14 off the bench. But, like, in the postseason, he's their third leading scorer, right? And looking at it, Max Struess is their fourth. Victor Oladipo, who, in my opinion, has had a great series against us mm. and had a great uh, game four. He's their fifth leading scorer. Gabe Vincent, P.J. Tucker, six and seven. Like, three out of their top seven players are questionable tonight. Like, these are, like, scoring-wise, these are, like, big hits that they're taking, and they took a big hit in the last game, and that's why we just went out and win. If we're 100% healthy... I truly believe us closing this out in six. It, it, as long as we have both Marcus Smart and Rob Will, if we have just Rob Will, I still see us winning. If we just have Marcus Smart, I think we're 50-50. I think Rob Will is the most important player that we need. I was going to say the same thing. I, I mean, honestly, I, it could be a little bit more than 50-50 for us to win with just Marcus Smart, just based on how flat the Miami Heat have came out in the last few games. The uh, What was it, game five? They didn't come out that flat. We kind of weren't great to start, but we kind of just, like, took over eventually, which is can happen. But game four was, like, literally the flattest a team could ever come out, and they still weren't even that great in game in game five either. I don't really expect them to come out like firing because they have five guys injured. Like all five of those guys are actually dealing with like legitimate injuries. Like even though like Rob Will is coming off of an injury, that's why he's on <laughs> the report. Like he's literally has to deal with soreness and swelling like after every game. Like it's not like a hundred he's not a hundred percent yet. And then Smart's still dealing with his foot, right? Yes. So I mean like those are not like the, like compared to what the Heat are dealing with, it's really not that bad. Yeah, no, I agree, and I think that hopefully we close this series out um, tonight. But but I don't really have anything else to talk about when it comes to the Celtics Heat series. I feel like this season has been a like a crazy season of us talking about the Celtics. The, I mean, they're a completely different team than the first half of this year, mm-hmm. and. and it's been crazy to watch them just heat up. It's kind of Red Sox-esque. It's like fun just, again. Yeah, where they just like heat up and they don't stop. And you see the inconsistencies, but the inconsistencies aren't even hurting us as much as you would think they were. Awful. Like, just like yeah. playing awful defense, awful offense. And we look like we just 
shouldn't be in the playoffs. And then the next game we come back and we win the next three games, right? In the postseason, we're just like electric and that's all you need. Like you just need to make a run. And that's exactly what we're doing. And I'm hoping we keep this up. And game six is the perfect situation where we have home court advantage at this point. We stole home court from them. We are up three to two. We are going home to play game six. And I mean, that's exactly what you want in a series where you guys don't have home court advantage. Steal it, get to game six, and go win it in the garden. Exactly. So I think that's going to wrap up our NBA talk for the day. We're going to move over. We got two more things to cover in this episode. We're going to be talking about another absolute wagon of a team right now, and that is the Boston Red Sox. We've been waiting on it. We've been praying for it, or at least I have, and it has finally come true. The Boston Red Sox, who had an absolutely horrendous month of um, April, are officially turning up in May. We are sitting at, what is our record? I think we're 20, yeah, 21 and 23 right now. Two games under 500. And, And I mean, I know you don't like to see your team under 500, but from where we started to where we are now, I want to say we're on a six or seven game win streak. And, or no, because we lost one to the White Sox on Wednesday. But we won like 10 out of our last 12. We are on We've four straight series wins. Which is big because before that, I think we've only won one. Yeah, barely. Yeah, exactly. And that was to, who was that even to? The Twins, like our, the second series of the year. Um, but we've been going yeah. through a nice little stand where we swept the Mariners, which was big. And, and that's the last time we talked to you guys was during the Mariners series, um, which we were actually expecting a win. We, I was not expecting a sweep, however, because the Mariners have been pretty good this year. We go on, we take on the White Sox. I mean, we win the first game 16-3, to which was amazing. Uh, we lose 3-1 to in the next game. And then we um, win on Thursday 16-7. to that's two games in this series against a very good White Sox team who have been very, like, hot. Like, they've mm-hmm. been hitting the ball. They've been pitching well. And, and a big thing that I've seen was um, on Tuesday when we won 16-3, it's not like we won against one of, like, their bad starters. Like, Dylan Cease pitched three innings and gave up seven runs. Yeah. Very impressive from the Boston Red Sox. Um, and a couple of guys that have been shining throughout this um, little stretch have been Enrique Hernandez, who obviously we all know his nickname, but as a podcast, we are not calling him that until he earns it this season. Um, obviously, Rafi, we've seen him, I mean, going crazy, in my opinion, throughout the whole year. He's batting 337, playing very good. J.D. Martinez has been insane. Um, and he's the guy that we look at. He's actually on a crazy run. And I was um, watching, obviously, Sox and two last night because um, I wasn't home for the game last night. But I got home at time to watch Sox and two. And they were talking about J.D. Martinez. And he is actually on an insane stretch. He leads the major leagues in batting average at 380. Um, he's not hitting a lot of home runs. But just the way that he hits the ball – all around the field. He, he's he's not scared to bring it to the left. He's not scared to pull it for a home run. He's hitting singles. He's hitting doubles. He's moving runners, and his his OPS is at 
1,029. That's third in the league. And when it comes to home runs and RBIs, he's really not up there. But just the fact that he's getting on base, he's advancing runners. He has been big for us. And it's kind of like Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It's wintertime. When temperatures go down... The likelihood goes up that your furnace and other appliances go down with them. So don't risk a costly replacement. Stay comfortable with coverage on the appliances you depend on most with the Service Guard Appliance Repair Program from Black Hills Energy. It's peace of mind in a plan. Visit blackhillsenergy.com slash sign up to learn more. Those numbers do show up in the very advanced stats of baseball. But it's kind of like when you think about a player in basketball, say like a Marcus Smart, he's the most important player on our team right now when it comes to offense. And the numbers just really don't show up in the home run in the RBI category. But he's the guy that will hit a single, he'll move a runner to third base, and then that'll allow Verdugo, who had a four-hit game last night and who has actually been coming back alive. He almost hit his first run since that little three-home run stretch. Last night, you hit it off the wall. And Story, who's been batting six and has been amazing. Like, J.D. is on base for him almost every time he's up. He's up. And I was listening to Story's postgame presser last night, and he was like, "When, when the, the big difference is that guys are on base. When guys are on base, it, it, it means, like, you want to bring them in, right? And it, it's a different feeling than when you're going up there, no one's on base, and you got nothing to lose. You go out there, and you get a hit. You bring in some runs. Trevor Story has been doing just that. He mm-hmm. leads the majors um, in RBIs in the month of May. And I think he has 32 right now. And we still have a couple of games left in May. He has been insane, Will. Do you think um, Trevor Story is here to stay? Or do you think this is just an insane run? Because obviously, I mean, he's hit seven home runs in seven days. He's not going to keep up with that. But are we ready to see some production out of Trevor Story? Or is he going to fall right back down? I feel like this is 100% per- we're going to see this production from Trevor Story. I feel like it, it like at this point in his career this is what he should be doing and like I feel like as a Boston fan base it's very hard for like us to just be like okay he just needs like a little bit of time to like just settle in and stuff like that and we've noticed what that has what that has done for us. Take a look at our Boston Celtics halfway through the season. We were just like, what the hell is going on? 25 and 25. Now we're one game away from going to the NBA finals. We had a very lazy month of April, May. We are flourishing. I expect us to carry this along in the summer. I mean, ball's going to start flying. It's going to get hotter out. We're looking good. Uh, as as a collective, we're playing very very good on offense, which we before we were bad on offense and bad pitching. Like we couldn't do anything. Nights that we couldn't do anything, we were terrible. Nights that only one of them was on, we would score like four runs and still lose. Where we would score like one or two runs, and our pitching would be terrible. And then nights our pitching would be terrible, they had no run support, and then our pitch we would still end up losing. 
by like four or five. So like we were just uh, an utter mess in the first month of baseball this year. And I'm glad to see that in May we're, we're playing really well as well as Xander still batting consistently. Rafi's still out here doing his thing. We're like, we now have more than like two guys just like playing well on our team. And I expect Trevor story just to be like consistent with, I don't expect him to sit here and mash home runs every single day and just like have what, like 30 RBIs every single month. Like that's not going to, that's not going to happen. It might happen again, but it, like in a month, but it won't. It's happen. not, it's not going to happen throughout the whole season. Yeah. Like at this rate, what is he on pace for like over like 120 RBIs? <laughs> like at that point, like that's like ridiculous. Yeah. But, I mean, he's been, he's been going insane and, and it's been really the offense, which is exactly what we expected. Will right. It's yeah. exactly what we said at the beginning of the season. Once the lockout got lifted, we were like, we are going to be an offensive team. We know where our pitching staff is. In a big area of concern, and I'm going to bring up Matty Backpacks right away, who, in my opinion, last night in our 16-7 to win, Michael Walker had a shaky start. But Michael Walker isn't the guy that I'm scared of. He gave us four innings pitched. He let up five runs, which is tough. But, like, it's a, it's a White Sox team that was ready to hit. At some point mm-hmm. through the series, this three-game series, you knew that they were going to give up um, some runs to this team because they're a very solid offensive team. And Michael Walker just had the bad day. But Michael Walker, who has a 2-8-3 ERA, has been doing better than you would expect. Um, and, and then you look at um, a couple of our bullpen guys that came in in this game. And I feel like this game is a good representation, even though we put up 16 runs. And Ploiecki's home run, which I won't count his first of the season, was off of a position player, which... I would do the exact same thing, and I'm I'm um, surprised that Larusa wasn't pissed about it. Because will remember last year the Yerminator hit hit a bomb and was mad. I'm, I'm surprised Tony Larusa didn't say anything about it. But when it comes to this bullpen, well, the guy that we've been looking at throughout the whole year is Matt Barnes, right? And, and he's our guy who halfway through last year was, I mean, one of the best closers in the league, right? And, and he'd been doing it for years. He had a good slider, had a great curve that went down into the dirt. Not not good with velo, not really great with um with speed, but he had a lot of control in his uh junk and all of that. He walked four batters in point one innings pitched. He had two earned runs and only one strikeout. Walking four batters in point one innings pitched is awful. Like, not even, like, borderline bad. It's awful. Like, that is so bad. And we took him out. We brought in my go, Hirokazu Sawamura, to finish out the inning. And, um, like, that's just a guy, when it comes to the bullpen, and you know that we're not going to be a fantastic bullpen this year, that's someone that we need. And he's someone that we were looking for as our closer again. He's clearly not going to be there. And I think that this is going to be something that we look out throughout the whole year as we need a close so bad and that brings my question well i'm not asking you to name any names but how likely do you think it is that that we go out and we go get a closer um we're gonna start with one matt barnes is on pace to have one full bad season with like if you're gonna look at the time span like halfway through last year was not good the second half of last year was not good the first half of this year has not been good i'm assuming it probably won't be good and i don't even know if he's gonna have a whole if he's gonna even have a half a good season or a half a decent season this year 
So at this point, I feel like at the end of last year, it wasn't that bad. It was bad, but it wasn't that bad. We were kind of just like, we're still making a run. We're still playing good. We're fine. Unfortunately, we didn't make it to the World Series. Now this year, we started off really slow. He's been terrible to start. At this point, I feel like as an organization, we are definitely losing trust in Matt Barnes. And I feel like it's almost definite that we need to make a move or that we like, I want to hope that in anybody's head in that organization, that it is almost definite that we need to make a move before or at the deadline for some form of bullpen players, like multiple, like just get as many as possible to try out like anything because we don't like, we can't just like, unless we get lucky and find and we're able to make a trade for one guy who's been really, really good this year or someone who's notoriously just been consistent and a team doesn't need him because he's on a one year. And unless that's the case, which it might not be because of, I don't, I like, I can't tell you what's going to happen then, but we have realistically no hope in Matt Barnes right now. Like I feel like nobody does like you see him go in and you're just like, Oh no, here we go again. And then like last night walked four batters. Like you can't do that coming in in late innings. Exactly. And I mean, we kind of brought him out there just to get some um, work in, in a blowout game. And he came through with literally no, no worries, no stress or anything. And still wasn't good. Right. Like there was no save to blow. You weren't even in there in the ninth inning. You're in there in the eighth and you still screwed it up. Like it's, it's not a good thing to see. Um, but when it comes to the bullpen, one guy that's actually been like shining, in my opinion, has been John Schreiber. And, and that's a guy that we brought up from our system. He was with the Woo Sox for a while. And, and he's been very good. I think he's pitched 13 innings without giving a run. I don't know the exact inning, but he's been in 11 games. He's pitched a lot of innings. His ERA is still at zero. Well, and, and mm-hmm. he, he's a guy that this is the era of the sinker. And he throws an amazing sinker, and he throws a great slider. So he can find you on the left side with with the um, slider. He, he can get you back on the right with his sinker because it literally it's like MLB the show sinker. It, it's going straight, and then it just dives down into the to the right, like away from his body. It, it, it's amazing the way he throws it. And he he went out there. He pitched an inning and two thirds. He had two strikeouts. Um, he threw 17 pitches, 11 of them were strikes and he finished with the win. He's two and oh, and I'm not saying that I'm looking for him to be a starter, but this is a guy that I see coming in the sixth, the seventh, or maybe even the seventh and eighth being a two inning guy and completely locking it up. Like I, I, he has been amazing. I mean, he's literally been scoreless. Like this is the only bright spot. Middle relief. He's the perfect. That's where I'm seeing we, we could use him at, and especially with the way some of our stars have been, it ha- it, as of recently, it hasn't been too, too shaky, but especially if we need to yank someone in the fourth inning, I feel confident bringing him in for like four or five, maybe even like half a six, depending on how, depending on how he's playing. And we get a solid middle three innings in, and then we bring someone in for seven, eight, nine, like whoever it is that we bring in through those innings. And we can still, and I would still feel confident in us getting, so, uh, and still winning the game possibly with the way our offense is going if if we had to yank someone in the fourth or the third and he comes in and fills in for a few innings i i wouldn't i wouldn't sit there and be stressed out about it 
Yeah, so <clears throat> looking a little bit more into his stats, well, he's played in 11 games. Like I said, he's 2-0. and um, He's pitched 12 innings, not 13, but he has 13 strikeouts in 12 innings, which in my opinion, if you have the same amount of Ks as innings pitched, that's very good. One, one strikeout per inning. He has one above that. He's only let up five hits in 12 innings. Um, and, and I mean, his ERA is at a zero, literally at a zero. So, like, I'm not saying that that's going to be kept up throughout the whole season because that's borderline impossible. But to start off with 13 innings or with 12 innings pitched with 13 Ks, this is a guy that we might as well just trust more, right? Because yeah. we're going out and we're bringing in guys like Deekman and, and Matt Strom, who, who are those are honestly our two best bullpen guys. And I think it's time to just put Schreiber on that list. And I think he should honestly be closer to the top of that list. And I think you should be getting more of these um, outings where not big pressure outings, but maybe up by three, up by two, up by four, where it's like six or seventh inning and just see what he can do with a little bit more pressure on him, ease him into that role. And I don't see him being a closer for us at all, but just one of those guys that when there's a little bit of pressure, throw him in there, let him go to work. I actually believe that this guy has some really good stuff and can get us out of some tough situations and in innings. Like, I think we can bring him out there in innings where there's two on, there's one out, and we're up by three. And I think I actually believe that he can get us out of it. I, I've been watching him throughout his appearances. I, I think I've seen at least five or six innings that he's pitched, and, and he's been awesome. Like, he's truly been awesome. Yeah. His, like I said, his sinker is, is one of the better sinkers that I've seen, and he doesn't throw it too fast. Just the way that it moves, the way that it breaks is awesome. It, it and he's just overall, like, he's been great. And he's been really one of the only bright spots in that bullpen, Will. He really has been. And I'm hoping that we give him a little bit of trust. He stay, stays consistent. And that's, like, one of our guys that we like. Because that really helps us, especially if we're looking to make some moves and stuff like that. If we really need to acquire someone else, that we could have a good combo coming out. Right. And to finish off the pitching talk, I want to talk a little bit about our starters. Um, nothing too special, but the, the the starters have been good, right? Like, they haven't been amazing. They haven't been great or anything. They've been good. We've seen some solid outings, especially from Pavetta. Um, Evoldi is a little bit below where I want to see him, but I, I trust him to pick it up. Um, Whitlock had an awful outing his last one, but before that, he was doing pretty solid. Same with Waka. And honestly, we know how Rich Hill is going to play. He's like 75 years old and still pitching. So, like, it's a thing where I'm – I first off, I don't know when Chris Sale is coming back. I don't think anybody knows when Chris Sale is coming back. I've never seen I, – like, I, I – mean, he's even alive at this point. But if Chris Sale comes back, Will, and, and that can let us – either bring Rich Hill to the pen, which is probably what we're going to have to do. My opinion, we should just DFA him. I think he's terrible. Um, when we get him <laughs> back, I'm going to be a lot happier. But as of right now, they've just been fine. Like, they've been fine. Like, and we need our offense Honestly, to Honestly, mediocre is probably the best word that we could use because it really has been kind of mediocre. Like, like, because you feel like some days are good, some days are bad. There's really no just, like, in between, we're like, okay, they're we're consistently playing good. It's either good or bad. There's no like 
oh, he had a decent start and we still won the game. I feel like we don't like we say that it just because like like we don't want to be like I ah, like it's awful unless it was like Rich Hill and we like blew up in like the second inning. Which obviously, oh, yeah, you know what, and, and that's right. You're right about a lot of those guys. Like we kind of give them a little bit, like too much leeway of, in our brain. Yeah, but but honestly, not Rich Hill. Like I I think Rich Hill is terrible. I think that he's like, and, and he was good. Remember, he threw like a, did he throw no hitter with the Red Sox in like 1975? Whenever he played <laughs> the first time, like he's so old will he's so old and the only reason he's still in the league is because he's a lefty he throws like a 70 mile per hour fastball and, and like a if a right gets a meatball. good hold of him it's automatically gone like he's throwing bp like the days he's bad he literally throws bp they the days he's bad he's actually one of the worst pitchers in the league yeah like and i'm I waiting for like, I'm still really confused. I actually really want to look – before we move on, I really just want to look at what day I, I – the last time I checked, Chris Sale was on a 60-day IL. If I'm not mistaken – On a 60-day IL for 90 days. It's been – I feel like it's been longer than 60 days. If not, we're coming up on 60 days, and we haven't heard anything about, like, a rehab start anywhere or even just, like, anything. oh, he's going to come in. We haven't heard about He's going to come pitch in a couple innings, like, later in a game – or something like 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 nothing like, and then that and then also to end off, we play this weekend into Monday against the Orioles. We have the Apple TV Plus game tonight, and we have a doubleheader Saturday. I think we should. This is going to be a good series. The Orioles aren't really a, a joke this year, no. but but at our pace right now, I feel like we should definitely be able to close up this series. And we start at the end of May against the Reds. And that's a great opportunity. The Reds who have been struggling and the Orioles who we should take advantage of. Like we said, they're not a joke, but we're better than the Orioles, right? So I'm expecting us to win. And I know on Saturday we have a doubleheader. Um, And Friday, like you said, we're on Apple TV. Um, This is a big spot. And a lot of people have been marking that June 28th. That June 28 mark where we can call the Red Sox good. Like, this is a big month span for them. And I know we just had a big month, but we needed another one right now. And we really need to establish ourselves as one of the better offensive teams in the league. And the thing that I hate about the media is I feel like, and I don't want to sound too biased, but, like, there's a lot of disrespect. And it's not disrespect in the sense that they're like, oh, the Red Sox are terrible. I feel like we get no light. Like, Trevor Story is having, like, an amazing month of May, and I haven't seen him. I mean, I saw him for his four-home run game, or his three-home run game. J.D. Martinez, who is literally first in the MLB in batting average and is on a crazy hit streak. I think he's at, like, 17 games right now where where he's been, I mean, at least at a single in a game. Like we get, no, we're one of the bigger markets. We get like no love throughout the media. We, it makes no sense. We get no love through the media, and we get like this is gonna sound weird, but like this directly affects us at inside the five. We get no love in, in the show either, like none at all. Like if Trevor Story isn't the player of the month this month, like completely off topic. But if Trevor Story isn't the player of the month this month, like like they're dumb. Like they're simply just dumb. Like I, I don't actually know 
who else has been playing that good this month. Like, and I watch like a lot of baseball. I follow a lot of baseball like every single day. I haven't seen anyone like he has 30 RBIs. Like, I don't, like, like most people are getting probably close to reaching just that this season. Right. And, like, and there's he has no way 32 he this month. And this month isn't even over. Like, he has three or four more games. I mean, we got a doubleheader. He has we a got, few like, more we got, games. We got like five games left. We have six and, games and, left in May. You're right. And, I mean, I honestly count MLB The Show as a part of the media because, I mean, they're so close. Like, that's the only thing that that video game is. It's baseball. And and they obviously changed the overalls. And all the old people listening to this don't know what we're talking about. Um, But, like, when I go on MLB The Show and I see Trevor Story is like a 78. And and Xander Bogarts, they do, like, roster updates for people that don't play the show. Um, they do like roster updates and they change overalls based it's on relative. their performance. Xander went yeah. down in overalls. Xander's been absolutely electric. And I think um JD is still at a silver, like 77 or something like that. It's just been like we get disrespected and we get no love. And, and I get it. People hate the Red Sox, right? We're one of the better franchises in, in the history of baseball. But like when it comes to the Red Sox or Yankees, I feel like the more more people hate the Yankees than they do the Red Sox, right? Like I, I, I don't think it's even. I, I don't. I don't, think, actually, I don't think it's even. I feel like more teams just don't like the Yankees, especially because like their fans. Like they just like they just like sit there and brag about their twenty-seven rings in your face every time. Like you meant like you could literally be talking about like the fourth game in the season, and then you, like they could like be down one run, and they'd be like, "Well, too bad," or like they could not even down one. They could be like killing a team. By like seven runs, and then be like, "Well, yeah, we have twenty-seven rings too." Like that has nothing to do. It's literally the first week of baseball. So obnoxious! Such an obnoxious franchise. Honestly, just like it's a, it's a, it's a bad franchise, a bad fan base, a bad city. Yes, it's all trash, and they all smell bad too. Um, but before I get everybody too mad from New York, um, we're gonna move on to our final topic: a little soccer talk. Welcome back to soccer talk. I have my Liverpool kit on. Um, I'm back in the Reds here. We have the UCL final on Saturday, so tomorrow. We also at 3 have PM. other exciting news from this too. We also have the classic William Jersey bet inside the five wheel Jersey bet coming in oh. from this too. I know me and you talked about this, but I I did say a long long time ago. I believe on our last soccer talk. That I said Real Madrid is going to win the UCL, and now they are in the final. So I feel like it is only right to put yep. the jersey bet of the year on this and go with if Real Madrid ends up winning on Saturday, I have to get a Real Madrid jersey. Okay, okay, okay. So let's get into a little bit more details about this. Will all time is one and one, right? One and one. We had an NFL bet. What was the NFL bet? Um, I think it might have been the Bucks. It might have been. I think it might have been a Tom Brady Bucks jersey that you wanted, and you were like, if they win the Super Bowl, it was like last year that they didn't win, and, and you were like, if they win the Super Bowl, like I'll buy a Tom Brady jersey or whatever. But the other one was it's such a. This was actually such a dumb jersey, but. Yeah, this was like, Ottawa the, this was like the worst one. Like, yeah, we were. Yeah, we were doing. It, 
And it was like dog. if they win one of one out of their next four games. No, no, if it was if they went on a three game win streak at all in the month of like I think it was like June or July or whatever. Not June, my, my bad, not June or July. If they were it was uh my bad, December, I think it was. And um we were like they it was like the last like week of the month and I like didn't think it was gonna happen. And they were on like a two game win streak. And they ended it with a three with like five days or like three, four days left to go in the month. I was like, you've got to be kidding me. And then I bought school to jersey because that's our guy. Yeah, and like it was a cool jersey too. So it's fine. But no, this we definitely have this one in. What? Do you have the jersey, the Tim Stutzel jersey? I do have the jersey. I don't believe it. I'll get it right now, actually. For the YouTube viewers. Yeah. Will 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 be right back for the YouTube viewers, but the UCL final. Um, I think Will wants uh, Real Madrid, as we said, he's gonna buy the jersey. Um, I obviously am back in the Reds here, big Liverpool guy. Um, and, and Will show the jersey. We have Stutzel. Yeah, and then that's the front. We have the back here. We have Timmy Stutzel. Can we see is his bad angle? Will, all-time one-and-one. One. I mean, I'm personally hoping that you don't have to buy a Real Madrid jersey. Will, if they do win, do you have a specific player in mind? I have a couple. I was thinking, I feel like we have I have to go. one player, and I know you have a name, and, and I'm not going to agree with it. But I know he's nasty, and it's a I, good I choice. Have, I have two. And I want to see if I can even get the UCL like patch and stuff on it, too. Like, I want like a cool one. Like, that's... Okay. I think I can. I, I should be able to. Gross. And um, I want to either get Benzema or Vinny, or maybe even I'll go like the man of the match if they if they like whoever is the best player in this game today. I might do that too. I mean, it's most likely going to be Benzema if they win. Like he's just been disgusting. He'll probably scoring four goals. Yeah, but like I really want to get like a Benzema jersey. He's just cool. I've always been a big fan of Benzema, but like Vinny would be cool. Trying to think who else would be cool. I mean, th- there's so many names on this team that are just really, really good. Luke like, like, legend. Legend. I mean, you could you could really go anyone, but I really want to go Benzema just just for the culture here. Yeah, I see. That's the name that I knew you were gonna say, and the only reason I'm disagreeing with it. I love Kareem Benzema. I just think that a Vinicius jersey is so cool because it just has Vinny Junior on it. Yeah, that is cool. I don't know if. Like some of them do say that, and then some of them I've seen actually have his full name on the back. If you were to get a, a Vinicius jersey, you would have to get one that says Vinny Jr. And if oh, they don't obviously. have one available, then you have to get Benzema. Okay, that's, that's the way that I see. That might be fair. That might be fair. Okay, so that, that's deal. Will, I guess we'll go straight into our predictions. I need a winner. I need... Mm-hmm. A score, I'm asking a lot from you here, and I need a man of the match. Okay, so obviously I'm going to lean towards my original prediction here. I'm going to go Real Madrid. Got to, you know, got to really feel out the score here. You know, it's this is a very hard score to predict the score. And I'm going to go four to two. Benzema to have at least two goals. And man of the match, Benzema. I like that prediction. I like four to two. I think that um, if Real Madrid win, it's going to be more of a high score. 
That's why I'm going to go two to one. Mm-hmm. Liverpool. I'm going to go one goal scored off a corner. Yep, off a corner, not from Virgil, but by Joel Matip. Okay. Who has been actually electric in the Premier League when it comes to goal scoring off corners. We were one of the better teams when it comes to scoring off corners because Trent just takes them and just, I mean, puts them on a dime. And in, in one of our goals scored from not Mohamed Salah, but Sadio Mane. And I, I believe that Allison Becker is going to be man of the match. I think that we're going to have a lot of um, shots on goal from Benzema, from Vinny, from Rodrigo. Um, and, and I think this is a big game for Allison. If, if, he, shuts, he, if he shuts out Real Madrid, he will definitely be man of the match. But if Liverpool wins, I'd expect someone of the likes of maybe possibly the defense or Sadio Mane to be the man of the match. Exactly. And I don't, I'm not saying, like, Trent, Trent's my favorite player. I don't think he's going to get it because he's kind of one of those guys that I feel like he does everything, but he doesn't do, like, biggest things. Like, he does so many small things that just add up. If it's going to be a defensive player, it might be Virgil for locking down Benzema if he can. Um, but that's why I'm going with Allison. I think that just, like, if, if we hold a clean sheet or even just one, like, bad goal, then, and then it has to be Allison because he's been so impressive throughout the whole season, and I expect them to do it um, in this final as well. I, I, I really I, – I don't know why. This might be just fully biased. I, I feel like we need Liverpool to take this one out, and Real Madrid is such a good team. This is going to be a great final. Huge rematch without some key pieces from the previous from the previous uh, installment of this UCL final before. I'm expecting a really good game. I'm really excited for this one. Yeah, I am too, and Will, we're going to be watching it together tomorrow, so... Um... I mean, yeah, I think that's going to wrap up the episode. I don't have much else to talk about, right? That's all I got. All right. Well, yeah, we hope you guys enjoyed. We will catch you guys next week on Friday. Stay tuned for the Instagram to see what Jersey Will is going to be buying if if Real Madrid wins. Um, we'll see you guys when the Red Sox are over 500, and we will see you guys for game two of the Warriors Celtics NBA Finals. We hope you guys have a good week. We will catch you all later, and peace. Peace. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hi, I'm Maria. And I'm Mike. And we're Team, team Ready. ready. Black Hills Energy knows your home is where your heart is, so they want you to be ready. It's all about keeping you safe, prepared, and making your home as energy efficient as possible. Everything from how to weatherize your home to how to stay safe during extreme weather. Be ready for anything. 
go to blackhillsenergy.com slash team ready. 